Why has Triple H been so successful? Why is Triple H running WWE better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Prichard on Monday and Friday night? Long-term booking. much for joining me right here on off the script this is your monday night raw post show for january 15 2024 i am your host jd from new york as always coming to you live from the ots venue thank you guys so very much for joining me on your monday snowy monday evenings Wherever you may be. I don't know what the hell's going on with this weather, man, but the stang is already covered in snow, and I can't stand it already. Thank God the dark horse is in the uh, in the garage. God, man, I can't stand the winter. I can't stand the winter. I, I 20 degrees, freezing my balls off. Just please take me out of New York and put me in Orlando or Miami or Fort Lauderdale, somewhere where there's a fucking... Palm tree, a beautiful cold beverage, the view of the ocean, and none of this bullshit. That's what I want. One could dream, one could dream. Everybody dreamt of Jinder Mahal winning the World Heavyweight Championship, man. What, 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 where, where are these Jinder fans all of a sudden, man? What, what happened to you guys tonight, man? Man, oh man, you had a, you had a big week-long victory. Because Tony Khan wanted to be a fucking mark and go on social media and berate some poor intern that ran the USA Network's social media account on X. I wonder what the cage match rating is going to be for this fucking disaster tonight. Jinder Mahal versus Seth Rollins for the World Heavyweight Championship, man. This was probably the most we've all been invested in anything Jinder Mahal, period. Period. I still have nightmares about 2017, man. I mean, I woke up in cold sweats after that victory in 2017. It'll never leave my mind. Remember that colossus on Randy Orton? I didn't know what the hell we were watching, man. Poor Shinsuke Nakamura got devoured in the terrible booking that was SmackDown that year. SmackDown was all SmackDown was basically unwatchable. They basically almost killed, for good, SmackDown with him as champion. He's done nothing since. He's a terrible pro wrestler. He's got the look. Don't get me wrong. He's got the look of a world champion. But my God, man, if you if you wanted to know my description of the most mid-pro wrestler, maybe in existence, is Jinder Mahal. Everybody was excited for this match tonight for all the wrong reasons. Tony Khan made Jinder Mahal more of a star than anybody on his current program in this current week, man. He put more effort into putting this match front and center than anything on his show last week. We get to Monday. Little Rock, Arkansas. Snowed in. WWE had half the attendance for this show tonight because of... Inclement weather. 
And they were subjected to Seth Rollins defending the World Heavyweight Championship against Jinder Mahal. And I don't know how anybody thought Jinder Mahal was going to win the World Championship, man. This was not about Jinder Mahal winning the World Heavyweight Championship. I don't know what the fuck this was for. Now that we got the ending that we got, I don't know what the fuck this was for. What was the point of this match? You know, I, I hope you do realize that all the people that gave Tony Khan grief, and believe me, I've given Tony Khan fucking more grief this week than I've ever given AEW and Tony Khan. They're not doing anything right over there. They're not. And I'm going to continue to ream into them, and I'm going to rip them a new fucking asshole until the ship actually corrects its course. Because they're not doing anything right over there. But I hope you do realize, all the people on social media, I hope you all do realize, and WWE, I hope you realize that you made Tony Khan look factually correct tonight. You know, you wanted to, and this is the part that nobody really is going to open up about because people don't want to, you know, prove that they're wrong or admit that they're wrong. WWE admitted without actually saying it, that Tony Khan was factually correct in his defense of Hook and Samoa Joe happening by going at Jinder Mahal and Seth Rollins. Where's the outrage? Now, I don't know what fucking Tony Khan was talking about. I don't know what outrage he was talking about. I don't know who was angry at Hook getting a championship match against Samoa Joe. The only outrage that I saw last week was the fact that Jinder Mahal was getting a world championship match. So where is the outrage towards AEW, Tony? It's like he's imagining these things happen in his head and he's just creating a narrative that really isn't happening. But I want you all to realize, listen to the words that are coming out of my mouth. WWE, Triple H, and everybody involved factually proved Tony Khan was correct in everything he said last week. Was Tony Khan right in what he did? No. Nowhere even close. It was an embarrassing display on social media. But was he wrong? No. WWE proved that he was right every step of the way. Why was Jinder Mahal getting a championship match? I don't know. Then you got the WWE elitists, the people that defend WWE. And this is why I get so upset, you know, at, at what I have to deal with on a daily basis. A lot of people, oh, JD's a WWE shill. JD's an AEW shill. I can't be both. I don't shill any company. I don't. I don't even show the fucking company that I work for in House of Glory. I don't show any pro wrestling company. I don't show a particular wrestler over another. I don't do any of that. I tell you who's good, what's good, who's bad, what's bad. I don't have a particular fondness towards anything. But what was the exact reason for this match happening tonight now? Nothing. WWE wasted 15 minutes of our Monday night by giving us a championship match that really didn't need to happen with a guy that shouldn't even be on fucking television and Jinder Mahal. All the WWE elitists tried to defend 
this match happening this week. Oh, it's something that you got to wait for, man. Let's watch it play out, they said. All right, I, wa- I watched it play out. What exactly played out? Nothing. Nothing played out. Rollins is still the world champion. Damian Priest is still Mr. Money in the Bank. And Jinder Mahal is still a loser. All the elitists, all the all the WWE bots online. Oh, but you gotta let it play out. Oh, but this this is gonna play into a bigger a bigger plan. JD always looks to shit on everything. He's a Tony Khan dick rider. What am I waiting for? What am I waiting for? Man, you guys got me. WWE proved Tony Khan correct. How they could have proved him wrong is if by doing this match, it led to something else. Coming out of this match, we don't have any direction for Seth Rollins going into the Royal Rumble. You do know next week is the go-home show before the Royal Rumble, right? We're legitimately a week and a half away from the Royal Rumble. What is Seth Rollins doing going into the Royal Rumble? Fuck, I know. It's not going to be Jinder Mahal, I'll tell you that. You want outrage? Do it again. It didn't make sense now. You think you're going to get away with it at the Royal Rumble? No, we're well past that, man. Goodbye, Jinder. Back to catering you go, man. Continue to dream about 3MB reuniting at WrestleMania. Not going to happen. Seth Rollins doesn't have any direction going into the Royal Rumble. Damian Priest didn't cash in when we all suspected that he would which we all thought was the reason for this match being planned anyway. So where, where, where are you guys, man? Where, where are you tonight, man? I mean, you, you're probably tucked in bed already and your mother's serving you some nice warm milk and a plate of cookies, man. Go the fuck to bed, man. Let the adults talk pro wrestling now. Or maybe you're watching me from bed because you know I'm right and you're hiding under the covers, man. Oh, I can't go on social media. WWE had one job here. To make use of this match happening. And they did nothing. So now we're left with one of two options for Damian Priest. Because at this point, what is is the, the phrase that people like to use, man? Jumping the shark? Right? We're well past that with Damian Priest. I'm fucking, I'm tired of it. I, I really am. I'm over it. I think it's dragging him down. And I think we need to do something with it because it's been way too long. In fact, the money in the bank concept is dead. It's dead. Damian Priest is never going to be a world champion on this fucking show. Why is he holding a briefcase for a title he's never going to hold? WWE plans change at the drop of a fucking hat. And you want this man, of all the fucking talent on this show, to win the world championship. His story isn't the world championship. His story is being kicked out of Judgment Day because of our truth 
How does that resemble a world champion? It don't. I've been on the side of canceling money in the bank. It's a dead concept. It's not important anymore. WWE always flakes when it comes to who and when it's cashed in. And sometimes when the creative is so fucking terrible, they just have a cash in that night when someone wins it because they want to get rid of it because they're too lazy to book anything meaningful for the briefcase, which leads us to this. He's held the briefcase since July. Zero. He didn't even start teasing a fucking cash in until Survivor Series. So what are we doing? What are we doing? Money in the bank should be canceled for King of the Ring. At least at that point, you crown a number one contender who wins the tournament. You make that number one contender wrestle for the world title at SummerSlam. Boom. At least at that point, you can give creative the opportunity to book someone meaningful to win the fucking tournament instead of giving Damian Priest, who realistically, we love Priest, but let's be honest, he's a mid-carder right now. He's not a main event guy. He's not winning the world championship. He's winning the world championship in a brand right now that's got Jey Uso, Gunther, Cody Rhodes, and CM Punk, along with Seth Rollins right now, who's the current champion. No, thank you. Never going to happen. So right now, we're left with two possible scenarios here. Seth Rollins has no opponent for the Royal Rumble. Now, I'm going to mention this now because he was very brief in what he wanted. Bronson Reed claimed that someone on the Raw roster is being targeted by him. This someone holds a championship belt. Who is it? I mean, that's pretty safe to say that he's targeting Seth Rollins because he's already failed at beating Gunther. So it's either Bronson Reed versus Seth Rollins at the Royal Rumble in a one-off match just to get Rollins on the show, or, which is more likely, they save it for the Elimination Chamber because Bronson Reed is from Australia, and Bronson Reed versus Seth Rollins for the World Championship should be a damn good match in his home country. But I just want to get that out of the way because that was on tonight's show. Bronson Reed targeted someone with a world title. And Seth Rollins fits the bill pretty nicely there. We're stuck with one of two scenarios. That was a little asterisk, Bronson Reed. One of two scenarios. Seth Rollins defends the world championship against Damian Priest, who cashes in his contract because he has failed to cash it in thanks to Drew McIntyre on more than a handful of occasions. So he feels like, Drew McIntyre is never going to let him get away with this, so I'm just going to cash it in and get my match against Seth Rollins at the Royal Rumble. And then at that point, you can play whatever storyline you want to play out there to take Priest, who's not going to win, into the Judgment Day angle where they continue to tease tension with him, you know, growing this this feeling of, hey, man, I like our truth I don't really mind R-Truth. He hasn't really done anything to kick R-Truth out of Judgment Day. 
when everybody else wants him out of Judgment Day. I mean, for Christ's sakes, J.D. McDonough is not even on the fucking shirt. Our truth is there. They could do that. Or, which I don't like, or, number two, Damian Priest and Drew McIntyre next week is for the briefcase. Which I don't think they're going to do. I don't like when they do that. There's no reason why Priest would put something like that on the line. And there's no reason why that should be on the line ever. So we're stuck with one of two options. That option sucks. The only option I see here is Damian Priest cashing in legitimately because Drew McIntyre won't let him get away with a traditional cash-in. And he cashes in against Seth Rollins at the Royal Rumble and we get Rollins and Priest at the Royal Rumble in a traditional World Heavyweight Championship match as he cashes in the briefcase. Either that happens or we do not get Seth Rollins on the card for the Royal Rumble, which in my eyes is fucking ridiculous. We're going into Tampa, 40,000 people, biggest Royal Rumble of all time, and Seth Rollins is not going to be defending the World Championship, might not even be on the fucking card. Can't see that happening. WWE could have avoided all this and like a cocktail in my shaker downstairs. Shake it up real nice, man. Nice and chilled. Pour it over a glass. Enjoy it. Sip on it. Savor it. WWE could have did all that if they had Damian Priest cash in tonight when the going was rough for Seth Rollins and Jinder Mahal making it a triple threat match. The Judgment Day could have come out and stopped Drew McIntyre. Damien Priest could have cashed in, made that match towards the downstretch of the match. A triple threat. And he could have easily pinned Jinder Mahal and become the world champion. Damien Priest should have walked out of Monday Night Raw tonight, the new world's heavyweight champion, only for a couple of weeks. If you wanted to play into the fact that WWE shaking the foundation a little bit going into the Royal Rumble and not have it feel overly boring or formulaic or worst case, leave Rollins off the show altogether, they could have had Damian Priest cash in, making it a triple threat, winning the world championship, Rollins obviously getting a rematch and winning the title back from Damian Priest at the Royal Rumble. Obviously, R-Truth and the rest of Judgment Day would play factor into that. Then you can build from that moment at the Rumble the tension, the growing tension, the breakup of Damian Priest away from Judgment Day, which is the real story there anyway. Jinder Mahal would have been a buffer to get us there so Rollins wouldn't have to take the pinfall. But what the fuck do I know, man? I live in my mother's basement. I drive a fake Mustang, and I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Fuck me. I don't know how I'm doing WWE's job and Tony Khan's job better than both of them. What are we doing? They had one job tonight. Make this match mean something. We went through three hours. We got this subpar match, and it meant nothing. Now we're left. What is Damian Priest doing? What is Rollins doing? Why is Mahal on TV? 
I got more questions than answers. And they're not particularly good, good questions at all. These are questions that, that should not be on the exam. One job, and they failed to do it. But what do I know? Other than that, Cody Rhodes and Drew McIntyre had an excellent segment. And we'll go over, just like it was McIntyre and Punk last week, we'll go over why I love what they're doing with the Royal Rumble. You got a bunch of sub-stories going into the Royal Rumble, which makes it one of the more unpredictable Royal Rumbles of the modern era. And I think that's great, even with the women. They've done it less with the women, but the women right now also have a very unpredictable Royal Rumble. DIY, they continue to rack up wins. They're heading towards a tag team title match. When, where, I don't know, but I love it. Rhea Ripley, she called out the women's division. Becky Lynch vowed that she will meet Rhea Ripley at WrestleMania. It's a possibility. I don't think Becky should have another world championship run, but I could see that being one of the major matches at WrestleMania. And we'll go over Cody Rhodes being called out by CM Punk next week for a face-to-face. Now, that's going to be television you can't miss. That's going to be a banger next week. I can't wait to see what those two guys say and what is going to be a very interesting back and forth just based on where both of them came from. I can't imagine what the dialogue is going to be. Guys, thank you very much for all of your support. We got 2,500 in here right now. Love it. Let me get my typical bullshit out of the way, and then we'll get right into the post-show. Thank you guys for joining me here tonight. If you enjoy the podcast, if you enjoy the stream, or anything that you see or hear here on tonight's show, please hit that thumbs up. I would really appreciate it. Helps me out tremendously. We got 500 likes already. We're halfway to 1,000, which is usually our goal. When we're live, hit that thumbs up. Let's try for a thousand likes. That is the minimum here. Follow me on X and all across social media at JD from NY206, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Cameo, X, Twitter, whatever the fuck you guys are calling it. Follow me over there. Best way to keep up to date on everything that's happening here. Make sure you guys get your super chats in. We'll hang out at the end of the show. As always, that is specifically saved for you guys. Go check out all the other content on the channel. There's plenty of it. I'll have more content throughout this week, man. We're going to have a couple of extras on Tuesday, on Wednesday. I'll be live with Andrew Baydala tomorrow night with TNT, Tuesday Night Titans. I'll be live with Jesse on Wednesday for AEW Dynamite. Should be a good week, man. We're going to be rocking and rolling going into the Royal Rumble. Also, tonight's show is sponsored by my great friends over at Into the AM. You guys love custom t-shirts? I know I do. 
I'm wearing one right now from Into the AM, man. Now, it's a little blurred out because of the green screen, but as you guys see there, man, this, that's what I look like in the morning when I don't have at least two cups of coffee. If you guys want to go get your custom t-shirts, man, Into the AM has got some great designs, and you guys can get a great deal right now over there, man. Three custom design t-shirts for 60 bucks. Link is pinned in the live stream chat. Into the AM is tonight's sponsor. Into the AM.com slash scripts. Make sure you guys go check them out. We'll talk about them a little bit later on in the show. But today they are sponsoring the Monday Night Raw podcast right here on Off the Script. JD, you are so handsome, says Ty's number one fan. I know. You ain't telling me something I don't already know, Ty. Thank you. Let's get into the Monday Night Raw post, man. Let's start off with Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes started tonight's festivities off. I was hoping that he would mention The Rock. I mean, WWE, man, the one thing I do not like about WWE, no matter who is in charge, Vince, Bruce, John Laurinaitis, Triple H, they always take the safe road. They always take the road less traveled, man. Easy. I don't like it. Cody Rhodes and his whole narrative is about finishing the fucking story, right? The Rock has come back and he's already called out Roman Reigns. We don't know when The Rock's going to show up. We don't know where The Rock's going to show up. We don't even know if this match is going to take place. We don't. Could be at the Chamber. Could be at WrestleMania. Could be in Saudi. We, we don't know where. But WWE has The Rock back on television, blatantly calling out Roman Reigns, and Cody Rhodes has not mentioned a single fucking thing about it. You want to spark some online heat? You want to get people talking? Have Cody Rhodes mention that The Rock is back, calling out the head of the table, that The Rock wants to sit at the head of the table. Cody Rhodes should have come out today and mentioned it doesn't matter if The Rock wants to sit at the head of the table. Cody Rhodes was the first one here to have a reservation to the island of relevancy. The Rock basically skipped Cody in line. Can't do that. Why does WWE not play into the fact that Cody obviously has a challenge ahead of him? Not saying blow the doors wide open. I'm saying give me a little dash of pepper in that pasta sauce. Something. Something. You gave me nothing. You just opened up the can and dumped it into the fucking pot. Cody should have absolutely made a small, small, small reference to Dwayne Johnson. And he didn't do that. Cody's out there. Everybody's singing his song. Cody made his entrance. I'm not going to do the woe. I'm not. Not in the mood. So, Cody's out there. Little Rock, what do you guys, what do you guys want to talk about? I don't know, Cody. What the fuck do we want to talk about? How long is this story? 
going to be on the shelf? Is this going to be a number one bestseller or is this going to be in the Barnes and Noble fucking uh, bin? Used bin. By the time we get to WrestleMania, which one is it? He gave a shout out to his wife whose favorite song is from a local artist in Little Rock, Arkansas. Nobody cares. Says they could talk about Shinsuke Nakamura or the thing that I came back to WWE for. He was interrupted immediately by Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre has been one of the best parts of Monday night. Love Drew McIntyre. He entered the ring and he asked Cody, Cody, what do you want to talk about? He says they haven't had a chance to catch up yet. He says they're on the same page, similar career paths. They're the same age. He looked him in the eye and said, you know what? I'm proud of you. Cody somewhat kind of agreed and accepted his compliment here from Drew McIntyre, even though, even though we all knew Drew McIntyre was full of shit. Drew McIntyre is only out there for Drew McIntyre, not Cody Rhodes, not CM Punk, not Jey Uso, not Gunther, nobody. He thanked Cody Rhodes. He said he thinks back to when they were in their early 20s. They were the WWE Tag Team Champions. He said fans can Google it. He asked if they remembered their team name. Cody says, yes, the Dashing Ones. And he's correct. They were Tag Team Champions at one point. Drew said, man, I can't believe we didn't go to the top with that name. Clearly sarcasm. Drew says they didn't go far because they saw themselves as singles wrestlers and didn't embrace that opportunity. He says, well, l- let, me, let, me, let me say this before anything. They saw themselves as singles wrestlers, but they were two singles wrestlers that were nowhere near being ready for a top spot. Being tag team champions together was actually a blessing in disguise for both of them at that time. McIntyre was way too young, way too pretty. He wasn't how he is now. I mean, you think of Drew McIntyre, you look at Drew McIntyre, you you see a perfect, physically built pro wrestler. Cody Rhodes, I mean, don't even get me started. Cody Rhodes was a fucking baby. I can't even look at Cody Rhodes back then to where we see him now. He was never going to be a top guy with the way he looked then. Now is a different story. So, he says they saw themselves as singles wrestlers and didn't embrace that opportunity. He says they had to leave WWE to get their heads screwed on straight. He says they redefined what it meant to be a wrestler outside of WWE, and both of them are correct. Cody made himself into a household name. The reason why WWE has Cody Rhodes right now at the top of his game is because of what Cody did for the last seven years. Outside of WWE. Never mind AEW. Drew McIntyre, he went to Impact Wrestling and made himself into a world champion. Drew Galloway. He says, they are the reference points now for wrestlers who become so undeniable that WWE calls you back. This is all a shoot. This is all a shoot. Matt Cardona, I'm waiting for the phone call where Matt Cardona, Zack Ryder, Fuck that name, it's dead. Matt Cardona gets the call, and he comes back to the WWE. He's doing unbelievable work on the indies. 
Why hasn't he received the phone call to come on back yet? I don't know. He may be in the Royal Rumble for all we know. He lives in Florida. How far is the, is the plane ride from Orlando to Tampa? An hour? He may be in the Royal Rumble. He says his return match in WWE was in WWE. So Cody told him afterwards that he'd be a future world champion. He told Cody he will be the first member of his family to raise the WWE championship over his head. You are going to finish your story, but not before I finish mine. Cody said, well, is that so? He says they've both declared for the Royal Rumble. He says it's true that Drew could win, but so could Jey Uso, or so could CM Punk. A very, very weak CM Punk chant rang out in Little Rock, faded pretty quickly. Cody says you can't count anybody out in the Royal Rumble. Drew told Cody that he can just be himself. Just be yourself and stop with the suits and stop with the big words. You're not running for office. So Cody doesn't need to smile all the time either. He says he did it. And he did it then as well. He says, even when he was angry, frustrated, and sad, he had to be that beacon of light for the roster and be that leader. He told Cody to be the real Cody, and if anyone has an issue with the new Cody, he can drop their ass. Cody said, since they're talking about stepping up, he assured Drew that he is not putting on an act. He says he smiles because this is what he loves and what he appreciates is the opportunities he's received because he's earned them himself. He says he is grateful and relishes his second chance. And you are just standing here complaining about your second chances. Drew asks why he'd bring Jay Uso to Raw. So he didn't really, he didn't really acknowledge what Cody said there. He went right for the kill. Why did you bring Jay Uso? Which has been bothersome to Drew McIntyre for months now. Finally got it out. Why did you bring Jay Uso to Monday Night Raw? Why? Knowing that it would cause trouble in the locker room. He says he knows what Punk is like, and he asks if he's okay endorsing Punk because it makes everyone else happy. But what about himself? He says he doesn't like Cody being a kiss-ass, but he does like Cody. He called Priest an idiot. He called Damian Priest an idiot because he's standing there as champion, or he'd be standing there as champion if it was not for Damian Priest. He says he's operating at a different level right now. I am this damn business, and at WrestleMania, the story belongs to Drew McIntyre. Cody said all he can do is talk about Jay and Punk and what ifs. He says he has grievances, and he wants him to share those grievances, but that's not him. He says he doesn't look at Drew for inspiration. He says he looks at his heart and the fans for inspiration. He said he can give him something else to complain about if they settle things in the Rumble. He asks Cody who won that return match he talks about. He then dropped the microphone and left. This was an excellent segment. Just like last week with Drew McIntyre and CM Punk was an excellent segment. There are multiple sub-stories going into the Royal Rumble that I very much appreciate. For so long, 
the Royal Rumble has been very predictable. For so long, the Royal Rumble has had one, two, maybe three top guys that you plug in there, and they were the ones who were predictably going to win the Royal Rumble, while the field of 30, the other 27 or so, were mixed with mid-carters and returns that were never going to win the Royal Rumble. This year, Triple H has created drama and story within several different aspects of the Raw roster, mainly coming from the Raw roster. There's nobody on the SmackDown side that's giving me that vibe of, hey, man, I got to win the Royal Rumble. Hey, man, the Royal Rumble is important to me. Hey, man, I want to go to WrestleMania. There isn't anybody. All those guys are tied up in a fatal four-way with Roman Reigns at the Royal Rumble for the World Heavyweight Championship. Those are the guys. Outside them, there's nobody else. But right now on Monday Night Raw, we got Cody Rhodes, we got Drew McIntyre, we got Jey Uso, we got Gunther, CM Punk, and Sami Zayn. It's better than normal. It's better than most years where we had Vince at the helm. All of these men have a particular story in mind. All of these men have given you a reason as to why they want to win the Royal Rumble. All of these men can win the Royal Rumble, and any one of them could walk out of Tampa going to WrestleMania. And I very much appreciate that. Is it going to be Jay Uso? No. Is it going to be Sami Zayn this year? No. Is it going to be Gunther? Could very well be. We don't know. I mean, he drew number one last year and lasted over an hour and eight minutes. He could easily win it. And he's the Intercontinental Champion. You don't think he's going another hour this year? It's going to be a part of the Final Four. Easy. Then we got CM Punk. I need to main event WrestleMania. I need to win the World Championship. That's his story. After 10 years, he's back for what he wasn't given then. Easy. Cody Rhodes, we all know Cody Rhodes' story. He's got to finish the story. Coming out of last year's WrestleMania main event, he needs to finish the story. Drew McIntyre, he needs to finish his own story. He needs this. Who knows what will happen if he doesn't? He feels like everybody else has been given an opportunity. Nobody really gives a shit about what he had to go through to get to this point. WWE has created a whole bunch of sub-stories going into the Royal Rumble, and I very much love that. It gives the Royal Rumble a big fight feel. It gives the Royal Rumble meaning. And this is the most invested that I think we've all collectively felt for the Royal Rumble in many, many, many years. And that's exactly what the Royal Rumble needs. How is WWE going to take a match that features 30 guys and tell me any one of these guys can win it? Triple H has done a very admirable job at doing that with those six men. Obviously, you'll get your NXT call-ups. You'll get your surprises. You'll get your people that round out the field of 30 that have no chance of winning it. But WWE gave you this tonight and Punk next week, and they're really setting up the drama going into the Royal Rumble, and that is all we can ask for. 
Honestly. I said it on Twitter. WWE is setting up one hell of a struggle with the Royal Rumble. This is the most captivating the Rumble has been in years. And that is a fact. And that's all we ask for. For a match this basic, for a match this simple, for a match this important, sell me. This is how you do it. Love it. Damian Priest, he confronted R-Truth. And R-Truth was selling merchandise of the Judgment Day in the parking lot. He said the crew isn't happy about it, and it's embarrassing. Enough is enough. Stop. Look. I'm tired of this. At some point, we got to get serious, says Damian Priest. Truth handed Priest a whole wad of cash and said, this is your cut from the merchandise that I just sold outside. Priest, he obviously shut up very quickly because someone handing you a wad of cash, what are you supposed to say? He did good. R-Truth then asked, and I left my ass, I left my ass off at this. R-Truth asked if Nick Mysterio is okay, Nick and Tom Mysterio are okay because he can't find them on Facebook. Priest says, well, listen, you can keep selling the merch, but be quiet about it. Priest then told R-Truth in the match tonight, don't tag in. It was going to be R-Truth and The Miz versus Finn Balor and Damian Priest. And Damian Priest told him, listen, don't tag in. You got to help us win. You're a part of us. Turn your back on The Miz. Don't tag in. Truth winked. He acted like he understood. And then he gave Damian Priest a free t-shirt. I thought this was uh, quite entertaining. This leads us to Dominic Mysterio and J.D. McFlurry making their ring entrance. They have a tag team match against Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa. D-I-Y. You know, it was pretty rough for D-I-Y when it was just Ciampa, and then Ciampa went away for a little bit. Then it was Gargano, and Gargano was by himself. Now that Gargano is back on WWE TV full-time and Ciampa is no longer injured, they are now a tag team. I'm very grateful that we have their abilities and their talent on the show Monday night. They are fucking fantastic. Now they're on the show, and when they got started early in this DIY stage on Raw, it looked like it was going to be a little bit more difficult than expected to get them over. And I can proudly say that with weeks of television and with weeks of now knowing what Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano bring to the table, their work rate and what they do in between those ropes is now getting them over. They're not big promo guys. They never were. But what they deliver better than anybody is what they do in the middle of that ring and you're slowly but surely seeing what they are capable of. These two are the primary reason why I will never forget what black and gold meant to everybody. These guys right here. They wrestled Dominic and J.D. McFish. This went almost 20 minutes. 20 minutes. 
if WWE can tie everything in their tag team division together, they'd make AEW's tag team division look like a joke. They'd make Impact's tag team or TNA, TNA's tag team division look like a joke. If WWE can really put as much effort into the tag team division as they did this match, the sky's the limit, man. Honestly. 20 minutes, and it looks like we're on our way to DIY getting a tag team title opportunity at some point. So we'll pick it up after the commercial break. Johnny Gargano made a hot tag. Referee at that point did not see it because J.D. McFish distracted the referee. Gargano went for another hot tag, but McDouble yanked Champa off the apron. After all of that, Champa made the, the, the hot tag, and we go to a second commercial break. Champa, after the commercial break, Who tweeted about me? Why did they why did they tweet about me? Stephanie Hypes tweeted about me. Who gives a shit? <laughs> what did I do now? Somebody go check on what I said now that was so uh was so wrong. Would love to know. These people have me blocked, yet they're talking about me. Great. So Champa hit McDonough. <laughs> McDouble with a knee strike. We got McNugget headbutting Champa. Gargano super kicked McFish and Dominic super super kicked Gargano. Everybody went down, so that led to a modest. This is awesome chant. McDonough hit Champa with a standing Spanish fly and a moonsault, but Gargano broke up the cover with a super kick. Dominic drop kicked Gargano, but Gargano blocked a six one nine and Champa. Knocked Dom out of the ring. Champa spiked McDonough with a DDT and DIY hit him with the meet him in the middle for the one, two, three. About Roman beating Hogan's record and the racist BS. Great. Stand by what I say. We all know Hulk Hogan's a racist, but that does not constitute WWE taking the record for third place, I should say, from Hulk Hogan. There you go. Sticking what I said, man. We all know Hulk Hogan's a racist. Great. Didn't he admit it himself? I never said I supported Hulk Hogan's racism. But I don't really want Hulk Hogan's record to be broken because Roman Reigns and WWE deem him a racist. We all know that he is. That should not mean let's break the record. I hope you guys sleep well this evening knowing that I feel that way. Great. So, Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa, we know how over they are. They're going to get a tag team title opportunity. Fantastic. Can't wait for them to win the tag team titles. I think the division would be better off for it. Can we give some flowers to J.D. McDonough? Can we give flowers to J.D. McDonough? J.D. McDonough is such a great wrestler. And he knows his role. And he knows where he fits into the packing order. JD continues to prove why he's the worst of his kind. What? 
Why? Why? You guys are really starting to piss me the fuck off. JD continues to prove why he's the worst of his kind. What? JD McDonough. Can we start giving him his flowers? He knows his role. He knows where he stands. He knows how to get the job done. He knows how to get people over. He bumps his ass off in there. And are you talking about McDonough? You're talking about McDonough. Oh, okay. It's great. Um, he knows where he sits in the packing order. And at one point, you know, a lot of people were like, oh, the name sucks. So oh, he's not going to get over and this and that. He's gotten over in the judgment day. He knows what he's got to do. He hasn't really won a match. He continues to lose. But what he's doing is helping others before he helps himself or the company helps him. And that's going to be what people really notice about him. Selfless. J.D. McDonough is a selfless individual. No problem putting anybody else over. Knows where he fits. Love it. Absolutely fantastic stuff. So let's start giving J.D. McDonough, you know, we joke about him being McFish and McDouble and McFlurry and McNugget and all this other, you know, bullshit because it's funny to, you know, give him some McDonald's names, but he's a great fucking pro wrestler. Seriously. And at some point in the future, he is going to be a major player on this show. Chelsea Green. She was on the show tonight, and she was in a backstage segment with Adam Pierce. Also, there was Piper Niven, Indy Hartwell, and Candice LeRae. Hartwell said 2024 is their year. So, Pierce said, I believe you, and I love your enthusiasm. Chelsea Green and Piper Niven barged in. Green asked Pierce if he even watches his own show and complained about the bum ref last week in her match. Pierce said he doesn't like her tone. He says they blew their rematch last week. He suggested a match between these two teams, and we got a worthless women's tag team match between Chelsea Green, Candice LeRae, Indy Hartwell, and Piper Niven. Not really all that keen on the women's tag team division right now. I honestly feel that Caden Carter and Katana Chance right now are fighting an uphill battle because the division is so cold. But they are great. And they are great representations of what the division should be. Everybody else in the division? Ice fucking cold, man. WWE's got a long time before we, we start getting anywhere with the women's tag team division. Snatch went three minutes. Larray and Hartwell won. It doesn't really mean much of anything at the end of the day. I honestly wish that they'd break Piper Niven and Chelsea Green away because I feel like Chelsea should break out on her own. I think the same thing about Piper Niven. I feel like they do nothing together. I don't, I don't I, I never really liked the act to begin with. But here I am, you know, hoping that Chelsea, as talented as we know she is, goes and proves herself to be a major player in the women's division by herself. That's where her value is. In this tag team? No. Same thing with Candice LeRae. WWE's only pairing these women together because they need teams. That's it. 
Candice LeRae is a singles wrestler, acting as a tag team wrestler. Indy Hartwell's not even ready for the main roster. Don't even get me started there. Chelsea Green, she's well above this tag team. And Piper Niven, she is as well. Gonna have a very difficult time drawing people's interest in these nothing matches. Dominic. Dominic asked Rhea Ripley backstage what she was talking about. She looked upset. She was mumbling under her breath. She said she has to go address her division. In walked Priest. Priest and Rhea Ripley had this, this tension about them. They made eye contact. They nodded at each other, and then they went on their separate ways. But there was a little tension there between Priest and Rhea Ripley. Finn Balor asked Damian Priest when he walked in, well, where the hell you been? Priest said he appears to be the only person with Drew running his mouth. So we went to talk to Adam Pierce about Drew McIntyre. McDonough complained about our truth. What are we going to do about our truth? We got to get him out of here. He's a problem to Judgment Day. Priest says, maybe you shouldn't be so focused on our truth Maybe you should be focused on what happened out there not happening again because they lost to DIY. Balor asked Priest if he's defending R-Truth. Priest showed them the money that R-Truth handed him earlier, his cut from the merch. He says they should go find their cut because Damian Priest showed Balor and Balor was like, what the hell is that? Balor had a huge smile on his face. Maybe you should go get your cut from R-Truth. He's out there at least pulling his weight. He's making profit for the Judgment Day. Then J.D. McDonough says, well, do I get a profit? I'm in Judgment Day. Damian Priest holds up a T-shirt. Doesn't really have J.D. McDonough on there. It's got R-Truth's name on there. From what I see, you're not on the T-shirt, so probably not. You're not getting a cut. Great. Priest says they have a serious, serious problem. It's time to focus on their match later tonight with The Miz and R-Truth. Gunther. Gunther is back on Monday night's Raw. Gunther and Ludwig Kaiser make their entrance. And the champion is back. He's in the ring. Gunther said, all anyone has been talking about is the Royal Rumble. Rollins is hurt. You know, I'm going to close the chat. Because I think you guys are starting to piss me off. Rollins is hurt? Or is it a storyline? I don't know. We'll figure it out tomorrow. Gunther. All anybody's talking about is the Royal Rumble. Of course, the biggest match of the year. Says he lasted to the very end last year and was one away from winning the entire thing. Some fans in attendance chanted Cody because... Obviously, Cody was the other man in there with Gunther, who eliminated Gunther to win the Royal Rumble last year. Said he lasted longer than any man in Royal Rumble history. He said last year he's going to, he said this year he's going to win the Royal Rumble and main event WrestleMania. You know what? I'm closing out the chat. You guys can kiss my ass because you're throwing me off and I don't really appreciate it. He turned to Kaiser and said he wanted to focus on him and what has happened since he was away. They aired a clip of Kaiser during 
Last week's Monday Night Raw, injuring Kofi Kingston last week, Gunther smiled and said he was proud of him. Kaiser smiled. Well done, Gunther said. He said he showed grit and confidence. They hugged. New Day's music interrupted and out comes not Kofi Kingston, but Xavier Woods. Xavier Woods looking very, very serious. He said he and Kaiser have a problem. He says he wants a pound of Kaiser's flesh tonight. Not my words, Xavier's words. He asked if he needs to ask his daddy for permission before he accepts. Kaiser looked at Gunther for an indication, and Gunther said something off mic to him. He then handed Kaiser the mic to answer the challenge. Kaiser asked if he really is daring him to a match after what happened to last week and Kofi Kingston. He said, what he did to Kofi last week is nothing compared to what I'm going to do to you here tonight. I will take your head as well. I accept. Xavier got in the ring. Kaiser charged at Xavier. Xavier back body dropped him over the top rope to the floor. Dove off the ring apron onto him and started punching at Kaiser at ringside. Referee pulled him off, and we got an impromptu match between Xavier Woods and Ludwig Kaiser, which went about 13 minutes or so. And I'm loving what's going on here with Imperium and the New Day. Doesn't really have anything to do with Gunther, but I will explain how I think Gunther could potentially come into play here. Now, Woods, he was left busted open here, and this was all Ludwig Kaiser. Every bit of this match, it went about 13 minutes or so, every bit of this match outside the open was all Ludwig Kaiser. So after a commercial break, Woods, his mouth was busted open. He saw blood kind of seeping out of his mouth. He fought back. Kaiser tried launching a chair at him on the outside, which is exactly what he did to Kofi last week. This time, it didn't work. Woods used it on Kaiser and got this match thrown out. It was a DQ, and Kaiser won by DQ. So Woods grabbed a steel chair. Kaiser kicked the steel chair in Woods' face, Kaiser tried a running dropkick into the steel steps as he did last week, but Woods caught him with a dropkick. Woods tried launching the steps at Kaiser, but Kaiser bailed through the crowd, and this was basically a stalemate. It didn't end up like Kofi Kingston last week. This ended up being a stalemate with Xavier Woods on this week's Monday Night Raw. I don't know where any of this Imperium and New Day stuff is going, but all I'll say is this. Ludwig Kaiser is looking like a fucking beast. Giovanni Vinci's hurt right now. Uh, he is hopefully due to come back before the Royal Rumble. I hope. I hope he will be in the Royal Rumble. It wasn't anything major. Minor concussion. Go through a couple of weeks of protocol. Get back in there. Tip-top shape. Good as new. I love this feud because of how simplistic it is. You know, weeks ago, before Gunther stepped away for a little bit because his wife gave birth, they were teasing Ludwig Kaiser being kicked out of Judgment Day. 
Giovanni Vinci being kicked out of Judgment Day. Like, we didn't know why these teases were happening in regards to the Judgment Day. Nobody knew. Why would you tease breaking up Imperium when they are stronger together? Individually right now, even though we all see Vinci has breakout potential, Kaiser has breakout potential, they're, they're not there yet. They're not. Not saying they won't ever be, but they will be there when they are ready. When the time is right, you'll know. We didn't understand why these teases were happening. But this feud has been so great for both sides, Imperium and the New Day. It almost gave Imperium a new lease on life. You know, they look like losers every time they were out there. Losing, losing, losing. Whether it's a singles match or a tag team match, just losing. Gunther would win and they would lose. And because of that, they make Imperium and Gunther look like losers. Gunther doesn't want to associate with them if they're losing. So now, this new attitude from from Kaiser is working so well for him. Vinci comes back. He starts acting like Kaiser. They're that cutthroat tag team that we all knew and loved from NXT. And the New Day... You know, all the jokes, all the fun, all the dancing. It's great, but not all the time. Because Vinci and Kaiser are the way they are now, the New Day is going to have to be serious. The fun and games, it's great. But when the New Day gets serious, I can't really sit here and tell you any team in the WWE that, that is as good as the New Day. They're great when they're fun, and they're great when they're doing their shtick. But when they're serious, they're even better when they are the fun-loving New Day. They're even better. Serious Kofi and Serious Xavier are a top-tier fucking tag team even at this stage of their career. So this simplistic feud that doesn't have a championship attached to it, that has no real meaning to it, the meaning here is to build both teams up as strong contenders moving on into 2024. They're both resetting each other and making each guy a dominant fucking individual to make their overall team better. I love it. This is so fucking great. Now, Vinci, I don't know when he gets back, but when Kaiser and Vinci are on their game, I've said this for months, for years, it is very difficult to find any team better than them when the bell rings. They may be, pound for pound, the best tag team in all of WWE. I think this is working out beautifully for both teams. Love it. Bronson Reed. He got a very small promo backstage. Standing there in a black blazer, standing there with glasses on, takes his glasses off. He says, there's a man in WWE who holds a title that doesn't realize that it will be mine sooner rather than later. Now, he could be talking about Gunther, but why would he be talking about Gunther when he already lost to Gunther? We could get Bronson Reed versus Gunther at the Elimination Chamber. It's a possibility. I know Bronson Reed went into Adam Pierce's office and asked for an opportunity. And Adam Pierce was talking about some big idea. I don't know if this was dropped or not. This was several weeks ago. Some big idea regarding Ivar and Bronson Reed 
and Gable and Ricochet for the Intercontinental Championship. I don't know if that plan is still on, but we could get Gunther versus Bronson Reed at the Elimination Chamber, giving Gunther another title defense and Bronson Reed challenging for the title in his hometown or his home country. Possibility. Or with Rollins not really having any clear-cut direction going into the Rumble, going into the Chamber, no real competition at the top because we have to figure out how we're getting Punk into WrestleMania, where Drew McIntyre fits, what's Priest doing with the money in the bank. WWE doesn't have the answers for those particular situations. And outside all that, we got to figure out how Rollins is going to have an opponent at the Rumble or at the Chamber and who that's going to be. Could be Bronson Reed. I would not mind a Bronson Reed versus Seth Rollins match as a one-off for the Elimination Chamber in Bronson Reed's home country. I think that would be a low-key banger, I, honestly. So we'll see what happens there. But I'm going to lean towards Seth Rollins being the guy that Bronson Reed is talking about here, being that we have the Elimination Chamber in five weeks or so. Byron Saxton interviewed Xavier Woods backstage. Saxton asked where his emotions are at right now. Where do you think they are, Byron? Kaiser attacked Woods out of nowhere. In walks Jay Uso, showing up and stopping the attack. He then checked on Woods, and Jay Uso was not getting Usi tonight. There was no yeet tonight. He was dead serious. That's another aspect. I don't know if Jay Uso is going to be the one to be put in front of Gunther for the Intercontinental Championship. We could very well see that as well. And I forgot to mention during the Kaiser and Woods match, just going to throw this out there, man, because it all still kind of comes back to this IC title talk with, with Woods back and now Kofi out and this Imperium New Day thing. I don't know what the status is of Big E. Big E could very well be a surprise in the Royal Rumble, man. I think that would be unbelievable. What a reaction he'd get, huh? I don't know where Big E fits into any plans, if he does fit into any plans in 2024. I don't. But imagine an Imperium and New Day feud with Big E coming back to even the odds. We get three on three, and then we get Big E challenging Gunther for the Intercontinental Championship. All of this Imperium and New Day stuff could very well lead to Big E coming back and being the equalizer to Imperium. And imagine what that would do. That would be fucking unbelievable. Again, just an idea. Gotta bring it to the table because it's getting around that time where the Royal Rumble's coming up and who the hell knows who we'll see in that match. A return for Big E in that match is not out of the question at all. It's something that you should really be thinking about and something that should be discussed. We haven't heard anything on his status, which I kind of like, because if he is to come back, I don't want to know about it. But we will see what happens there, man. Just a thought. A lot of moving parts here. Ivar. 
He went one-on-one with Akira Tozawa. This went two minutes. I'm kind of over Ivar and the Alpha Academy. I think we've seen it way too often. I think Ivar should move on past this. I think Gable should really focus on Gunther if he wants the IC title again. Two minutes, and this basically was Tozawa being beaten down until he rallied a comeback here. He tore off his T-shirt. Ivar was destroying him with, obviously, his sheer size. Ivar then set up for the doom salt off the top rope, but Maxine pleaded with him not to do it. Ivar looked over at her. Tozawa got up, used this as a partial distraction. He threw Ivar off the top rope, kicked him, and he landed a sunset bomb for the win. One, two, three. Tozawa pins Ivar in a fluke on Monday Night Raw. I don't know why, but I guess we got to give the uh, major, major underdog a victory at some point. Ivar clearly had a problem with this. Valhalla attacked Maxine for this distraction. Tozawa was celebrating with her at ringside. Tozawa tried to help Maxine, but Ivar attacked him. Valhalla headbutted Maxine out of the ring. Ivar destroyed Tozawa, set up for the moonsault, and hit the doom salt on Tozawa, crushing him in the process. Great. Don't know why Ivar got a win over Ivar, or uh, Tozawa, rather, got a win over Ivar, but here we are. Next week, Ivar gets Gable, which should be a banger match on Monday. More of that, please. Less of Tozawa. Guys, I'm going to step away for a little bit. I have today's sponsor, Into the AM Sponsoring the Monday Night Raw podcast right here on Off The Script. I got some graphic tees, man, from Into the AM, like this one that I'm wearing right now. Some awesome designs. If you guys are a fan of graphic t-shirts, Into the AM has got you covered, man. Tonight's show is sponsored by Into the AM. Today's show is sponsored by Into the AM. Since 2012, Into the AM have developed premium apparel that elevates self-expression and provides unparalleled comfort for wherever your passions take you. I love a great graphic team, man. It's one of my favorite things to go out there and buy and collect. Into the AM has a great selection on their website. They're comfortable t-shirts. The quality is excellent. The designs, the artwork are super cool, especially this guy right here. This is exactly what I look like when I don't have at least three cups of coffee in my single day. So when I saw this one, I knew I had to have it because it fit who I am. And I guarantee you when you guys browse the website, you're going to say the same thing, man. You're going to find something that fits your lifestyle. And browsing the website is very easy, guys. It's very straightforward. You guys can look at what the best sellers are. Look at the new product that's coming in quite frequently. Take your time. Look at the designs that you may like that may fit your lifestyle. They got several different options. Short sleeves. They got the graphic tees. They got underwear. They got a button-down long-sleeve shirt. They even got a beautiful-looking bomber jacket, if that is your thing. Make sure you guys go to intotheam.com slash script. Right now, they're running a bundle deal for graphic tees, which is three for $60. All you need to do is click the link below and you'll get an additional 10% off. Once again, guys, that's intotheam.com 
slash scripts. And I want to thank Into the AM today for sponsoring the podcast right here on Off the Scripts. Some great looking shirts there, man. Go and get your graphic t-shirts on me, Into the AM slash scripts. I want to thank them for supporting the podcast right here on OTS. Rhea Ripley. She made her ring entrance. And she's out there and she's about to address her division. She said, whoever wins the Rumble this year should choose someone else because mommy is always on top. Very brief. Nothing really new there from Rhea Ripley at all. Becky Lynch's music plays. She walks out. And Michael Cole hyping this thing up. There is mommy and there is the man. Great. Thanks, Cole. She talked about their similar journeys going from afterthoughts at WrestleMania one year to being faces of the industry the next. She said the difference is one of them went on to main event WrestleMania and the other did not. She said one of them has a natural ability in the ring that is unmatched and in relentlessness that is also unmatched. Becky says there's a voice in her head that is saying to her, I think you might be better than me, but I need to prove that you're not. Rhea, kind of looking at Becky, you know, kind of agreeing with her about, you know, that she's better than Becky. Becky said, to do that, I need to take the title from you. So to do that, I need to win the Royal Rumble and point to the sign and declare that it will be mommy versus the man. Ripley says there's one, there's only one person who wants her to win the Rumble more than her, and that is me. She said she'd see her at WrestleMania. So, they're already teasing a potential WrestleMania match between Rhea Ripley and Becky Lynch, which we all know is going to be one of the top options for WWE going into WrestleMania. Will it be the option? I don't know. It certainly is definitely the most attractive match WWE can do at WrestleMania for the Monday Night Raw brand. It's not going to be Nia. It's not going to be Raquel. It's not going to be anybody else on Monday Night Raw. She's beaten them all. There is three potential outcomes for Rhea Ripley at WrestleMania. Three, and that is it. Becky Lynch, Becky Lynch being one of them as I drop my fucking eye pen. Three potential matches at WrestleMania for Rhea Ripley. Becky Lynch being one of them. The other one is Bianca Belair. It's a possibility. They've teased it. I'd love to see it. I think it's a match that out of all of the matches right now would probably be the one match I desire to see most in the women's division just because of what they did together in the Royal Rumble. I love it. The other one would be Liv Morgan. Liv Morgan Not a big fan of Liv Morgan getting a WrestleMania title match because I don't think Liv Morgan is a WrestleMania title match contender. I don't. But after all that I do to push long-term booking and Triple H loving a good comeback story and Triple H loving long-term booking, Liv Morgan could find herself being a dark horse Royal Rumble winner. 
who put out Liv Morgan all these months. It was Rhea Ripley. Liv Morgan could come back and win the Royal Rumble and challenge Rhea Ripley at WrestleMania. Not really keen on that idea, but stranger things have happened in the world of WWE. Outside of those matches, Becky's the obvious choice here. Bianca's on SmackDown. I don't know where she fits into that, but I'd love to see it. Especially if WWE, get this. I'm just thinking ahead. I'm thinking out loud. Imagine if WWE, Bianca is on SmackDown, not Raw. You guys are really fucking pissing me off. I give you an explanation for everything that I talk about. Bianca's on SmackDown, not on Raw. No fucking shit. I don't know why I reopened the fucking chat. Let me explain for the half-witted fucking idiots here. Imagine if WWE gets Naomi and Sasha Banks back and puts them on SmackDown. There would be no need for Bianca Belair with an already stacked division there adding Naomi and Sasha Banks. You could easily and comfortably move Bianca Belair over to Monday Night Raw for her to challenge Rhea Ripley. But then where would that leave Becky Lynch? Because we all know WWE has this fucking complex where they freak out. They get a little bit of an anxiety attack when they can't book Becky Lynch in a championship match at WrestleMania. So to save WWE an anxiety attack, they'll probably end up doing Becky Lynch and Rhea Ripley at WrestleMania because they can't cope with Becky Lynch not being in a title match at WrestleMania or being in some nothing match at WrestleMania. But imagine if Sasha comes back and Naomi comes back. It's a possibility. Now, I'm not going with either one of these women. I'm not going with Bianca. I'm not going with Becky. I'm not going with Liv to win the Royal Rumble. I'm going with Bailey. I think Bailey should win the Royal Rumble. Bailey's never won a Royal Rumble. I think the ultimate comeback story here is damage control turning on Bailey and Bailey overcoming the odds to win the Royal Rumble and challenge EO Sky at WrestleMania. That is, if Sasha. And Naomi, don't come back to even the odds. Bailey should win the Royal Rumble. Becky Lynch and everybody else, put him in an elimination chamber match. Becky, Nia, Liv, Raquel, whoever else you want to fucking put in there. Don't care. And if it's Rhea and Becky at WrestleMania, I'm telling you right now, I don't think Becky Lynch should walk out as... Women's champion. We've been there. We've done that. Rhea is above Becky right now. In terms of reaction, in terms of what she delivers in the ring. Rhea Ripley is above Becky Lynch right now. Why would you take the title to put it on Becky when she's less than Rhea right now? You see the tides changing for Rhea Ripley. She's not a heel. When she's out there by herself, she is not a heel. She's a babyface. People want to cheer her. WWE is going to force Rhea into being a babyface. We went from heel Rhea to babyface Rhea with basically no effort. Do we really want Becky Lynch and the World Championship on Monday Night Raw again? I don't. I don't. 
Again, we've been there, done that. We've seen it a thousand fucking times already. She didn't do anything for the Raw Women's Division. She didn't do anything for the NXT Women's Division. Yet here we are, contemplating another championship run on Monday Night Raw when there is no division. She's beaten everybody. Why would you take the title off Rhea? To only put it on Becky to give you the same result when Rhea is, o- is more over than Becky Lynch's. Build it around Rhea. Rhea should be unstoppable. Simple. Don't understand why. Jackie Rudman. She interviewed Seth Rollins backstage. Seth laughed. She asked why he asked for the match with Jinder. She says, or he said, he's been champion for over 200 days and with every title defense, he gets better. Fact. He says he will continue to be a fighting champion and a workhorse champion. He said, this isn't the same Jinder he beat to become NXT champion. He says he's a former WWE champion, one of the worst of all time. And it's the best version and most deserving of gender. False. First of all, there's never been a best version of gender ever. And there isn't a deserving version of gender. He didn't deserve it then and he doesn't deserve it now. So I don't know what Seth is talking about, but what else did you expect him to say? He says he wouldn't have it any other way. He's a visionary, he's a revolutionary, he's Seth freaking Rollins. He's a fighting champion. Basically, is why he gave Jinder a championship match. But does Jinder deserve a championship match? No, Tony Khan was factually correct in his assessment of Jinder and Seth Rollins on social media. Damian Priest. He teamed with Finn Balor, tag team champions here, against Miz and R-Truth. I think this was a tag team title match, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, this was a non-title match. There's no way the titles were on the line. I think this was a non-title match. So, before the match started, R-Truth gave Balor a big handful of cash. He got his cut. Dom got a small share, too. McDonough put his hand out, but Truth told him he wasn't in the judgment day. So we got shenanigans here where J.D. McFish did not get his payout from the Judgment Day merch sales. So we got this match to eventually start with Truth confused that Balor was attacking him, and we go right into commercial break. Imagine giving Balor a cut of merchandise sales from Judgment Day merch only to get blasted with a fucking right hand. So we go to commercial break. Truth comes back after the commercial break. He's acting dumb before it finally seemed like he would attack Priest. Priest told him, do not tag in. Do not tag into this match. Balor stepped in, but Truth fought him off. Priest reluctantly chokeslammed R-Truth, and Balor covered him for the win. Priest did not want to attack. Priest did not want to chokeslam R-Truth. He did not. But he did it anyway. He had to prove a point. Obviously, they were not going to lose the, the, the match. They didn't want to lose this non-title match to the Miz and R-Truth. R-Truth is an idiot. He didn't realize what Damian Priest told him before. Would have been a lot easier if he just listened to the plan right from the word go. Don't tag in. 
Let's beat up the Miz. Don't tag in the Miz. Blah, blah, blah. He didn't do it. So Damian Priest had to do what was best for Judgment Day business, and that was chokeslam R-Truth even though he did not want to do it. The reluctance on Damian Priest is going to be magnified. Keep that shit under the microscope. It's going to come into play sooner rather than later. Damian Priest enjoys R-Truth. Damian Priest finds R-Truth funny. Damian Priest does not want to kick R-Truth out of Judgment Day. The rest of the guys do which in turn is going to separate Priest from Judgment Day. They played up that Priest like truth and really didn't want to do this. So we'll see where this leads, but Damian Priest gives truth the chokeslam and Balor covered him for the win. Shinsuke Nakamura, he cut another backstage promo. He still is targeting Cody Rhodes. He will deal with Cody Rhodes in the Royal Rumble. But he says he has a focus and a hunger now that shifts to winning the Royal Rumble. A hungry Shinsuke is a dangerous, dangerous Shinsuke. 29 men. I will feast on their dreams. Maybe Cody Rhodes gets eliminated by Nakamura in the Royal Rumble, man. I don't know. Maybe Nakamura gets his revenge in the Rumble and eliminates Cody Rhodes. I don't know. I don't know. Or maybe Cody just wins it all and we just move on. Nice and simple. Jinder Mahal. He was backstage doing some deep breathing before his title match. Jackie Redmond apologized for interrupting him. Asked him about the match. Jinder says he's become the number one most talked about wrestler in 2024. And he will become... The WWE World Heavyweight Champion and that this was years in the making. His win tonight would unify everyone. Because everyone has been so divided. No thank you. Nobody wants you on TV. Nobody wants you as the world champion. And nobody wants you to unify anything. Get out. Shayna Baszler. I don't know. I don't know why we got this match. I really don't. Shayna Baszler and what's her name? Uh, Zoe Stark against Tegan Knox and Natalia. This was basically a throwaway match. Natalia set up for the heart attack, but Stark took out Knox and Baszler tapped out Natalia with the Kirafuda clutch. Goodbye. Who cares? Does any did, did anybody really sit down and watch this match with full intent? Triple H has Raw in New Orleans already lined up. Damian Priest versus Drew McIntyre. Chad Gable versus Ivar. Ivy Nile versus Valhalla. And CM Punk will go face-to-face with Cody Rhodes one week before the Royal Rumble. Sign me up. Excellent. It's time for the main event. Seth Rollins and Jinder Mahal. Jinder Mahal was actually out there with Indus Sheer. World Heavyweight Championship match. That was the most talked about thing on social media. Thanks to Tony Khan and AEW. This match was a complete waste of time. Following the outcome that we got. 
They decided to add some intrigue middle of the match because Damian Priest walked out there with the briefcase. Not even middle of the match. He walked out pretty much immediately two minutes into the match right before we went to commercial break. So we sat out there and watched the match with full intent, and we all thought at some point he was going to cash in, but it never came. So we pick it up after the commercial break. This match itself was a huge letdown, just like every other Jinder Mahal match that ever existed. He sucks. He's not a good wrestler. Mahal had Rollins in an abdominal stretch. Priest was at ringside watching. Rollins got the better of a back-and-forth strike exchange. Goes to the top rope, hit a flying crossbody for two, followed by a springboard senton and a lion salt for two. Rollins sold his knee on the landing off the lion salt, and Priest got up from his chair looking on even more excited. Mahal tried a vertical suplex. Rollins countered the vertical suplex into a pa- uh, Falcon's arrow, which he powered up Mahal. Mahal is six foot eight, and he got him up. Rollins followed with a pedigree, and he landed awkwardly on his knee, selling the knee. Now, I thought at this point we were going to get a cash-in based off the knee injury here that he sold in the match. Rollins slowly made a cover, but Veer put Mahal's leg underneath the rope, and the referee saw the rope break. Rollins went after Veer. He goes up top and takes him out with a big crossbody splash. He goes back to the apron. He jumps up to the top rope. He goes for a frog splash on Mahal. He misses. Priest thought about cashing in at that point, but Drew McIntyre jumped the barricade just like he did the last time Damien Priest wanted to cash in the briefcase. He appears at ringside. They exchange shots in the ringside area or on the ringside area. They brawl up the ramp and they disappear. You never see either one of them again. This distraction allowed Mahal to hit a gut buster. On Rollins, he goes for recovery, gets a two two count. Veer then distracted the referee while Sangha, the other member of Indochair, handed a chair to Mahal. Rollins avoided the chair, but as the referee saw it, threw it away, Veer hits Rollins with the briefcase that Priest dropped because he started brawling with McIntyre away from the aisleway. So... Rollins gets blasted with the briefcase. Mahal follows up with a coloss. He goes for a cover, and they collectively gave me a fucking heart attack, man. I had visions of 2017 in my head all over again. I'm like, what the fuck am I watching, man? They legitimately had me that Mahal was going to win the championship. And I thought Mahal was going to win the championship. Priest would have come back out, cashed in the briefcase, and pin Mahal to win the championship. We didn't get anything close to that. After the Coloss, the referee tossed Veer and Sanger from ringside. Rollins blocked another Coloss attempt, nailed a curb stomp. One, two, three. And Rollins wins and retains the World Heavyweight Championship. They were pretty much coming down to crunch time, man. They were nearing the 10.59, 11 p.m. They they rushed. Everything at the end just felt rushed. They got out of there pretty quickly. Now, I don't know what they had planned. I don't know if what we talked about earlier was in the plans tonight. 
If it was, they didn't have any fucking time to do it. But like I said in the beginning, they most likely, they most likely will now have one of two options. One, Damian Priest cashes in because he's failed on how many cash-in attempts because of McIntyre. Maybe he cashes in against Rollins. Maybe we get Priest and Rollins at the Royal Rumble for the World Championship. So we get Rollins on the show and we get Priest to cash this fucking thing in because it looks like McIntyre is going to be a nightmare no matter what happens. Or with the Priest and McIntyre match next week, maybe the briefcase is actually on the line, which I don't think is going to happen, which is a fucking ridiculous idea. I don't see them doing it, but it's an idea. It's an option. Or we just leave Rollins off the Royal Rumble altogether and we build to his match at the Elimination Chamber against Bronson Reed. Who Bronson Reed seemingly called out somebody with a title tonight and I can't imagine it's anybody but Rollins. Or worst case scenario, we get Mahal and Rollins again at the Royal Rumble, which would not make any sense. I mean, this match never made any sense. If you do it again at the Royal Rumble, it's going to be even fucking worthless, more worthless. So what do we do here? They messed up. WWE had one thing to do. Make sense of Mahal and Rollins. And they did not do that. How do you make sense of Mahal and Rollins? You have Rollins win, retain the title, sell the knee, Priest cashes in, boom. New world champion, at least for two weeks. At least. That way, Priest... And Rollins can get a rematch. Rollins was never pinned. Rollins never lost the championship clean. He gets his title back. He moves on to WrestleMania to wrestle CM Punk. At that point, Priest loses the championship back to Rollins. And we build towards Judgment Day slowly moving on from Damian Priest. That's what they should have did. They failed to do it. And as a result, we got a nothing match with Jinder Mahal. That ultimately proved Tony Khan was correct in everything that he tried to prove last week on social media. Don't know what else to tell you. Monday Night Raw was very, very middle of the road, just like SmackDown was middle of the road. Monday Night Raw was middle of the road. Wasn't good, wasn't bad, wasn't terrible. WWE should have done more to generate some interest, shake up the foundation a little bit going into the Royal Rumble where right now, I got so many more questions than answers, and they're not particularly good questions in this case. Thank you guys very much for all of your support. Really appreciate you stopping by the stream tonight. Once again, tonight's show is sponsored by Into the AM, and go and get your custom t-shirts courtesy of Into the AM. They got a special going on right now. Three custom shirts for $60. That's a bundle of three for $60. Into the AM.com slash scripts. Go and get yours today. I'm a big fan of custom tees. Got a wide collection of custom tees. You guys can get yours today via Into the AM. Sponsored tonight, right here on Off the Script. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Cameo. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications and make sure you guys go and check out all the other content on the channel. Plenty of it. Super chats are open. Get them on in. We're going to hang out in just a second. And like I said, man, let's try for 1,000 likes. We're up to 825 likes. Let's try for 1,000 right here on OTS. 
Michael Krause with a $2 super chat. What's up, JD? Hope you had a good weekend, my friend. It was all right, Michael. Nothing exciting happens on the weekend. I try and catch up on my sleep more than anything. Rot the Well with a 10 in Super Chat. Mahal beats Rollins, enters and wins the Rumble. Goes on to face Roman at WrestleMania, champion versus champion at the grandest stage of them all. Book it, Vince. I could see Vince doing something like that, but Vince is no longer in charge. And JD, do you remember that Raw when Drake Maverick pissed on Bobby Roode's robe? Let's be very thankful those days are behind us. Bro, I ranted so much on that show. I remember the thumbnail I put on that as well. I believe Max Caster was playing one of... No, was that the episode? No. No, I believe uh, I had a nice shot of Drake Maverick pissing himself. On the thumbnail. I'm thinking of Bobby Lashley's sisters. Max Caster actually played one of Bobby Lashley's sisters, believe it or not. What an awful segment that was. The Undertaker. If Roman truly is facing The Rock at Mania, the only other person I could see Cody facing is John Cena. Could have swore Cody wants that one. Yes. Uh, Taker, we actually uh, talked about that on TNT. I actually talked about that on TNT, man. Uh, Drew actually posed that, and uh, we were discussing a WrestleMania card, and that was one of the ideas that we brought to the table, for sure. Thank you for the five, man. Appreciate it. Michael Bertoni with a five. Our truth out there look like when you select a random manager insert in WWE 2K entrance. But listen, man, a lot of people are enjoying his inclusion in the Judgment Day. Michelle with a $2 super chat. I love Seth, but he and Roman better lose at WrestleMania. Roman should lose. Seth, I don't know. It's a little bit more of a toss-up. Triple M with a six months in the venue. Crowd sucked. Also, rather play Destiny 2 than watch. Jinder, did you know that when Shax banged Queen Mara... He kept the helmet on. Lore. You the GOAT, JD. Hashtag OTS. Thank you, Triple M. Uh, I am currently working on uh, crafting all of my seasonal weapons. I just crafted, uh, I just got the patterns for all of my weapons this season. No more seasonal activity for me, man. MGM Ballin' Boring Show. R-Truth is easily the best part of Raw right now. Glad I have your show to keep me entertained during these tough times. I appreciate you. 26 months. Thank you, Ballin'. Yeah, I uh, my game was a little thrown off tonight, man. Some people were telling me some fucking dumb bitch was tweeting about me because I mentioned Hogan and Reigns, and Reigns shouldn't break Hogan's record. I don't know what else you guys need me to say, man. Everybody just loves to take shit out of context, man, without asking me personally. Ridiculous. Dr. Evil Genius for 14 months. Great work. Uh, great to work with you on the Chris Sharka video. Can't wait for the next opportunity, man. Uh, my pleasure, bro. Uh, good to see that it's doing very well, man. A lot of engagement there. 
Um, Justin with the 17 months. I like the idea of Priest cashing in to get Rollins on the card. I agree with you. Priest should never have to defend his briefcase ever. No. I think that's the best way to go about it. How do we get Rollins on the card? Have Priest cash in honorably. Can't do it. This guy is going to uh, cost me every time. I'm just going to cash it in. Uh, Eclipse Game Show. I don't give a shit, man. These people have had a gripe against me for years, man. I don't give a shit. I really don't. I'm really tired of all the negativity aimed towards me, man. Let me do my fucking job, okay? Seriously. Matt Fugitive with nine months. Per your intro, all I can offer is 50-foot Douglas first, 40-degree weather, and rain for the next seven days. Tacoma life. Nine months and counting. OTS for life. No, thank you, bro. I'll let you keep your... Uh, your 40 degree weather and rain for the next seven days, man. That shit is fucking, that's, that shit sounds depressing. Jerry Ramey with 31 months. JD loving every moment of the last two and a half years with the OTS family. A round of the good stuff for the venue on me. Thank you, Jerry. Nathan Norland with 15 in Super Chat. Hey, JD, do you think Papa H would change the slow pace wrestling on the main roster? And make it more impactful like it was in, in black and gold. Um, I, I don't think so, man. I think what you're getting now is pretty much what you're getting. Also, JD, love what you do, bro. Always big fan of OTS for life. Fuck the marks and geeks. JD's the OG with the facts. What the fuck are you guys drinking tonight? Old fashioned on the rocks. Cheers, brother. Thank you, Nathan. Mason DeMaio with a new membership. Mason, thank you, brother. WTF boy with a $4.99 and a $1.99. Why not do a triple threat with The Rock, Cody, and Roman to make everyone happy? No. No, because at that point, then you're going to get the people who want Cody and Rock only upset. And then if you do that, you're also going to get the people who want Roman and Rock upset. You're going to split the audience even further with that match. Just stay the course and do what makes sense. The only other option I take is Cody winning a match on night one to maybe get to night two, and then we get Roman Rock night one, Cody Roman night two. That's it. I won't even do that. You guys know how I feel. Roman Rock Chamber, Roman Cody Mania, Rollins Punk Mania. That's it. Don't know why we got to overcomplicate things when the simplistic road is the best one. Delightful Entertainment with a 199. Where was Nia Jax? Also, Cody or Bust at Mania. Shin is definitely eliminating Cody from the Rumble. Uh, Nia Jax had a very short vignette. She will be in the Rumble, and I'm assuming Nia Jax will have at least 10 eliminations in the Rumble. Also, Basic with a 10 months in the venue. Good evening, OTS fam, and God bless you, JD. So what are your thoughts on Jack Perry possibly joining New Japan Pro Wrestling? Well, 
you're going to have to tune in to the extra that I got uploaded for tomorrow, man. I'll be talking about that there. And I'll be talking about that as well tomorrow on TNT with Andrew Baydala. Oh, yeah, Wrestling Cult, Rock and Wrestling in a B-list pay-per-view. I'm sorry. Roman Reigns has wrestled at the Elimination Chamber the last three years. Why can't The Rock? The Rock wrestled CM Punk at the Elimination Chamber. Why can't he do it this year? Correct me if I'm wrong. The Rock wrestled CM Punk in what? A regular arena? It was in front of 60,000 people, was it? Yeah, shut up and sit down. Fucking people pissing me off tonight, man. You ain't get one over on me, man. I'm right, you're wrong. Deal with it. Oh, he's not wrestling at a B-level pay-per-view. Okay, but he wrestled at that B-level pay-per-view 10 years ago. Thank you guys for a great show, man. Follow me on social media, at JD from NY206, X, Instagram, TikTok, Cameo. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Go and check out all the other content on the channel. Plenty of it. Hit that thumbs up as well, guys. We got 868 likes. I'd love to get a bunch more as I get out of here, man. And please make sure you guys tune into the channel tomorrow. More content in the afternoon and then tomorrow night live. Andrew Baydala, myself, TNT, right here on OTS. Thank you to my sponsor for tonight's show as well. Into the AM. Go get your custom design t-shirts, man. They're doing a special right now. Bundle of three, 60 bucks. Into the AM.com slash scripts. I'll see you guys tomorrow live with Andrew Bedala right here on Tuesday nights. Titans. I'll see you guys then.